0: We have something unique tonight, as we celebrate this Feast, the Assumption, uh, Ascension, it's been a long day. Ascension, there's only one assumption, and that's Mary's uh, Ascension, because Jesus rises, ascends to heaven under his own power, where Mary was taken up into heaven and assumed into heaven, which is what Assumption means, taken up. But we have something unique in that we have two versions of the Ascension, both recorded by St. Luke. So, which one is it? The more extended one of Jesus telling them, "Wait, wait in, the, in Jerusalem until the power you receive the Holy Spirit, the power that shall come upon you." In which uh, you can always remember which verse it is, that's prophesied. It's Acts one, verse eight. So, uh, a few years ago, the teens uh, on our Diocese Youth Council had Act one, v. eight, Act eight because it's the Holy Spirit that activates the church? Or is it this version that we hear in the Gospel that he simply tells them, thus it had to be this way, and that they are to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins, beginning with Jerusalem and then to all the ends of the earth. So which is it? It's quite possibly, well, it is both because in the Gospel we have St. Luke trying to close end the Gospel the same way he began. And if you remember how he began, and I hope you do, we hear about Zechariah offering the incense at the proper time, because it fell to him, the tribe of Abijah, to service. And there the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that his wife was to bear a son, and he was to name him John. The beginning of God's plan, although that plan had begun with creation, but the beginning of God's plan for salvation in sending the forerunner, sending John the Baptist, who would go before the Lord, proclaiming repentance. And now the Lord ascends to heaven, and they are to proclaim repentance. But not just a repentance that we are sinners, and there's not much we can do with it about it right now, but a repentance and that we have forgiveness of sins because we have a Messiah. We have Jesus Christ the Lord. And to f- further make that point, the last verse, they were continually in the temple praising God. It ends where it began. St. Luke is all about geography. It ends where it begins. But then Acts picks up. And Acts is really, if if the gospel according to St. Luke is really like a biography of Jesus, Acts is really a biography of the church in its infancy, how Jesus Christ activated it, how Jesus Christ gave it a mission, told them, stay here until you receive that power, but then you're going to go to all the world. It's your job, it's your mission to proclaim, and Jesus doesn't Sit down, it's not like his mission has ended. But now he goes like a good general to a place of honor, to a place where he can see, where, to a place where he can direct. A good general knows you always go for the high ground. You try to get the vantage point where you can see the battlefield in front of you. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He doesn't go to distance himself. In fact, in a few minutes we will hear the, in the preface, that he doesn't distance himself from us, but takes our humanity with him to heaven so that he stands before God the Father for all eternity, sits on his throne for all eternity in the flesh that we have. And where the head has gone, the body follows. How beautiful that thought is, perhaps. But even more... If you remember shortly after the beginning, after Jesus' birth, after his presentation in the temple, after the finding in the temple that St. Luke alone tells us, those two little factoids, Jesus goes into the desert, and hopefully you remember how long, how many days he was in the desert, because we just finished our own desert. 40 days ago with 40. Jesus was in the desert 40 days and then he begins his mission. And perhaps it's fitting that despite moving the Feast of the Ascension from Thursday, the 40th day after Easter, to the following Sunday, as we have in most of the provinces of the United States, save, I think there's five, Boston and New York and uh, Nebraska are the only three I can name off the top of my head. While we've moved it, it's still fitting to remember 40 days. Because while we've celebrated these 40 days, not going into the desert to fast, but now we too emerge with the celebration of Jesus' resurrection with a mission. To go to the ends of the earth, to proclaim the good news. And that's the mission of all of us, not just the apostles. If it was just the apostles, and certainly if it was just even the, just the 12 or the 11, because Judas had already committed suicide. Shortly after this verse, uh, in, in our first reading, we have the election of Matthias, who took the place of Judas. If it was just the apostles or just the 12, the mission of the church is dead. There is no mission. What are we doing here? But it's mission of all, every single disciple of the Lord. That the power that Jesus is going to give is not just on the 12, not just on the apostles, Paul and Barnabas and others and that early church that were not among the 12, but were called apostles. It's every single disciple, and it's continued down to this day. And so in the next, well now, seven days, eight days, tonight, to wait and to ask for that renewed power, that we ourselves would receive that power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to proclaim Jesus Christ. I have to admit, I know this world needs Jesus. This week we saw a terrible tragedy again. The the world needs Jesus, and the church has a mission to tell people repent see I could get all political and and if I say it's it's not a gun problem which I'm not so convinced it is it's a heart problem but it is it comes down to the heart we need our hearts renewed filled with the Holy Spirit not just us not just members of the church but to those most especially who do not know Jesus, those who are suffering, those who are on the fringes, how many more young men have to be suffering on their fringes and take lives, their own or others, before we wake up? Perhaps this day, maybe just in that realm, that one alone, the church sees its mission to proclaim the dignity of life, yes, from conception to natural death, but to help those most especially who are struggling. Those who are struggling with mental health, those who are struggling because of bullies, because they don't quite fit in, because they struggle with whatever it is. We have a profound mission. It's a mission not just for us, it's for everyone. Maybe we've kept it a secret too much. Maybe it's time we say Jesus Christ ascends to heaven, not to abandon us, but to guide us. To guide us to help go to the ends of the earth, to every person to proclaim the saving news of Jesus Christ, to proclaim forgiveness of sins, to proclaim we are created in the image and likeness of God. And that nothing we do can destroy God's love for us. But then we need to seek a life of forgiveness too. Because God loves us too much to leave us in our sins.